Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. You know, many of the uh, BusinessWise episodes are based on questions that we are commonly asked by the WISE members. But this week, we decided to do one on a question we never get asked, which we wish we would be asked a lot more often. And that is, uh, how do you count the gross income for an organization? Now, that might sound like a silly question. It might sound like an obvious question. But believe me, I've seen many variations on this. We're going to go into some of them in a minute. But this factor of how you're counting your gross income has everything to do with your ability to make income and to generate income and will uh, hamstring you, frankly, if you do not count this statistic correctly. It will limit your ability to increase your income. So this episode is an income booster, even though we're merely referring to how you count the gross income. You might think, well, I don't need to know how to count it. I don't know how to count it. I'm just trying to figure out how to make it. Yeah, well, listen up, because this episode is going to greatly influence how you make income just by learning how to count it correctly. All right. Now, let's start by saying that gross income is a pretty important statistic. I hate to say the obvious, but gross income is what you have available to spend, and you can't run a business or any organization without spending money, even a family. A check written, dated for a future week, is not money you can spend. A, quote, sale, end quote, where the money comes in over time and into the future is not money you can spend. Playing around with accounts and accounts receivable might make your balance sheet look good or better, but it doesn't give you one nickel more new income that you can spend. Money you can spend is money in your hands or in the bank. Income is new money in, not just transferred around. Now, you might be thinking to yourself that this is not an issue for you and you can skip this episode, but I would not. Not if you want to have better control of your income. Because believe it or not, this episode is essential to putting you in control of your income. Now, before I start on this, I'm going to clear up two terms with you. One is easy. And if you're familiar with BusinessWise and you're a listener, you probably already know that the word org, O-R-G, is short for organization. That's the first word, and that's, that's it. Org is short for organization. We use a word a lot in this coming article, so I want to make sure you understand. The next term is FP, which is short for financial plan or financial planning. Now, the uh, definition I'm going to give you right now is derived from Mr. Hubbard's works. Uh, one is an article, 21 October 1965. The other is 26 November 1965. Uh, so this is basically a definition compiled from those two articles. So here we go. It is, quote, a plan of how the money and assets of an org are to be handled so as to maintain outgo below income. Now, I'm going to take a break here just to, to, to point a few things out here. It's how to maintain outgo below income. So it's not just about how to disperse or handle your income. It's how to create more outflow that will create more inflow. So it's not just about budgeting. 
It's also about how you can spend the resources you have to create more income. A lot of guys get this confused. They're doing the financial planning. They feel like they're cutting up the pie. So that, you know, how do we cover everything? No. Financial planning has everything to do with how you take the resources that are coming in, the wherewithal, the money that's coming in, and uh, are able to disperse it most effectively to create, again, more income greater than the outgo in the following week, weeks, or upcoming time period. Okay, so don't think of financial planning just as budgeting because it's not. Okay, so he goes on to say this, the financial planning hat in an organization is worn by the executive council. So these are the top executives of the organization have this responsibility to do the financial planning. But then he goes on to say this, uh, as theirs is a responsibility for the successful conduct of the org as a whole. In this, it is assisted by the advisory council. Now, the advisory council would be an echelon of executives junior to the top executives of the organization. So you could call it your middle management. So it is assisted by the advisory council whose responsibility is to, by the way, it doesn't matter what you call these things. You could call your executive council your executive committee. You could call the advisory council your, you know, subsidiary council. Whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. It's the concept that's critical. You may call it something different in your company. So he says, uh, so in this, it is assisted by the advisory council whose responsibility is to assist the executive council in planning for the solvency of the org and to propose to the exec council sane and pro-survival handlings for its income and assets. By the same token, it's not a bad idea to use executive or exec council and advisory council, but I'm just saying it's not critical that you maintain those terms. The critical thing is that you maintain those concepts. So then he goes on to say this. He says the ad council in turn is advised by the heads of the department. So your advisory council could be your middle management, and then you might have a lower echelon of management, and they would be advising, of course, the advisory council, who then advises the executive council, who is ultimately responsible for the financial planning and the prosperity, expansion, and solvency of the organization. Do you get that? So that is the definition for financial planning. So financial planning should be occurring regularly within the organization. How regularly, we're going to get into in a minute, but be sure First of all, that you are doing financial planning and that you understand financial planning. You as the owner would obviously be supported by, you'd either be a part of the executive council or if you're wearing an owner or chairman of the board uh, responsibility versus an actual management responsibility, more what we would call the goal maker function, you would be approving the financial planning being done by the executive council. I'm getting into a lot of mechanics here, but it's important because Many of the members wear executive hats within their organization, but not all. And so those of you who have achieved this status, uh, which is the correct status for you as a founder of your organization or the goal maker, you're actually not supposed to be a part of management. But that's covered in, uh, if you go into the uh, homepage for BusinessWise and put in the word probably goal in the search bar, you'll come up with it. There's at least two, maybe three uh, episodes that we've done on goal finding or goal making. And if you're an owner, you should certainly listen to those. They were fairly early on in our series. But all I'm trying to say here is that the owner is not necessarily a part of executive council. It depends on whether the owner is a part of management or if they've been able to extricate themselves from management to the 
responsibility, the sole responsibility of goal maker or goal finder or founder or board of directors, what have you. But nonetheless, you must approve the financial planning unless you're really trusting. (laughs) I would not let your executive council approve their own financial planning. You or representative of yours that you fully trust, CFO, what have you, would do the approval of the financial planning proposed by the executive council. We're getting into a lot of mechanics here, but it's kind of important to make those distinctions. All right. Now, let's go on with this article. It's uh, an article of the 15th of April, 1982. Uh, It's by Mr. Robert. It's called The Counting of Gross Income. And I'm not going to read every word of it. We're only going to cover the first section of it or two. Uh, But he starts by saying, the account's week closes at 2 p.m. Thursday, at which time a new account's week begins. So he's quoting actually an earlier article of his from 6 May 1964. Those of you using the Hubbard Management System or have studied it at all, uh, are probably aware that many, many organizations that use the Hubbard Management System uh, end their week Thursdays at 2 p.m. And you might ask yourself, I wonder what that's for, I wonder why, or maybe you don't even ask yourself that question. It's an important question to ask. Why are these organizations, these well-run organizations, ending their weeks precisely at 2 o'clock on Thursday? Not 201, by the way. And this is one of the first things you want to implement to get better control of your income is to end your week that closes at 2 o'clock, the exact same time. Whether it's Thursday, Friday, Monday, Sunday, There's a reason why Mr. Hubbard chose Thursday at 2. But for starters, make sure you end your accounts week every week at the same time. That's the first thing you got to do to start controlling your income better is to end it at the same time. Why? If you end it once a month, have you ever noticed, most of us have because we learned this in kindergarten, that not all the months have the same number of days. So if you're going to handle your income by month, like, okay, this is, how how did we do last month? Let's look at how much we took in. Let's look at how much we spent. Uh, What did we buy? What did we get income from? This is all, this is all information that's needed for financial planning. You do that once a month. You're not dealing with a consistent time period. Uh, For one thing, months have different numbers of Mondays. They have different numbers of Sundays. It just depends on the month. 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31, except for February. That's the one, and then he goes on, right? So we learned that in kindergarten. We should probably maintain that knowledge in handling our gross income and our accounts. So that's one reason why you don't do it monthly, you do it weekly. But the other is it's so darn slow. That means you're doing your financial planning, well, once a month, but you're only doing your financial planning 12 times a year. How about 52 times a year, which is how you should be doing it, right? So you, so you want to establish, if you take nothing away from this episode of Business Wise, then this, you'll come away with something. And your statistics and your accounts data information, your accounts week at precisely the same time every week. 
And that way you will get a consistency, a picture of how your organization is doing with a short enough lag that you can actually handle it. Kind of like driving an automobile, I guess you could say. If you're if you're driving a tractor, that's a powerful machine. So it's not necessarily the best analogy in the world. But if you're driving a tractor, you have plenty more time to swing the wheel than if you're driving a race car at, you know, 180 miles an hour. So if you want your organization to be slow and a tractor... Again, not the greatest analogy. I've had a lot of fun with tractors in my life, and they're very important vehicles. But uh, just as a comparison, if, you know, do you want your, your company or your organization to be a race car or a tractor? You know, it's up to you. But you better be able to make those fine-tuned adjustments quickly. That's a very good reason to close your statistics or your your income period, shall we say, weekly. And then there's a whole bunch of information that needs to be put together. I'm not going to go into that now in order to do the financial planning, but I'm just saying learn this discipline and don't cheat on it. You know, you say, oh, we're going to add an extra hour this week. Well, who does that serve? Well, it makes the week that went before better. Well, it makes the week that came after different too. Like, what's the point? Like, just cut it off. Two o'clock Thursday. There's a reason for that. We're going to get into that. Anyway, Mr. Harper goes on. He says, it might interest you to know why an org's income production period measured by the gross income statistic is a weekly period from 1,400 hours, 2 p.m., Thursday of one week to 1,400 hours of Thursday the next week. Then he goes on to describe the importance of the gross income stat. He says, it is complete folly to run or try to manage by anything but correct stats. Rumors, bad or good, kill orgs. Generalities, bad newsy or good newsy, kill orgs. Old school tie popularity or lack of it, kills orgs. Running an org or managing an org by anything but stats kills the org. Is Mr. Hubbard making this point clear? He says, running by stats shows one the state of the org and enables one to do something about a down statistic and reinforce an up statistic. Then in all capital letters, he says, never run or manage by anything but stats. Yeah, it's not about popularity. It's not about who's a good guy, who's not a good guy, who's sucking up to the boss this week. It's all about stats. And that's why it's so critical that you end your week at the same time every week. Because, hey, the week ended. It's over. The new week's begun at 2.01. So we didn't get an invoice by two. Now that gives us a statistical picture of what happened last week. Well, wait, if we add another hour, it'll give us a little more income. It'll make the week look better. It it looks better, but was it better? It, It looks better, but it's a false statistic. 
even if the income that came in in the next hour is legitimate, it's now giving you a different perspective of what happened last week. And now you're going to do something different about what happened last week. Instead of applying perhaps more promotion as you should, oh, it wasn't so bad in the end because we added that extra hour, which we then took away from the coming week. Do you understand? Do you see how that's giving you a weird picture? It's not an accurate picture. So therefore, whatever you're doing to handle it is not going to be accurate either. Anytime you try to handle a situation that is not accurately represented, let's say you're running an auto repair shop and your staff list shows three technicians, when two have actually already quit, but nobody had the courage to take them off the crew list or the staff list because they didn't want to upset the boss. So now the actions that you're going to take with the with that particular shop are going to be different, aren't they? They're going to be they're going to be uh, inappropriate because the picture you have is not truthful. It's not an accurate picture. Statistics are there to give you the most truthful picture possible. So don't mess with them. Don't uh, try to pad them or uh, make them look better because it's just changing that which is there to be handled, changing the picture of that which is there to be handled so that it'll end up being mishandled. You follow? So then Mr. Harper goes on to say this. He says, the GI stat, gross income stat, must be correct and must honestly reflect the org's income production. No one can bank money, quote, en route to the org, but not here yet, end quote. No one can FP against money, quote, lined up, end quote. And you cannot be paid from sums that will, quote, be here soon, end quote. You can make the picture as rosy as you want, but you're not going to end up being paid with money that isn't there. And then Mr. Robert says this, he says, but you can bank FP against and pay yourself from real money good right now that is in the shop right now. A GI statistic that is made up of anything but cold, hard, bankable currency Bankable immediately and in the shop right now is a false statistic denying you a paycheck and blocking those who would attempt to expand the org. All capital letters, never report, relay, or condone a false GI statistic. Now let's tackle this subject. Let's hear what Mr. Hubbard has to say about why weekly and why Thursday at 2. Okay, this is a question you may have asked yourself at various different points in your studies of Mr. Hubbard's management system, why Thursday, why two? Okay. He says, orgs are managed by trends and ranges of statistics. Is the trend of this statistic up or down? What is the condition of the trend and at what range? Weekly conditions, neatly graphed, show one and all the condition of the org or division or department or section or unit or individual staff members. So, You've got statistics that measure the production of the org, or if you have many orgs, you could have statistics measure the condition of that org or its individual divisions, departments, or individual staff. Okay, they all have to have their own graphs, and they all got to end at the same time. So he says, why weekly? Because orgs are fast, man. How would you like to find out how you were doing at three-month intervals, a month or so after each interval? Yet this is common business practice. Yeah, we had a good quarter. Oh, yeah. How was last quarter? It took us a month to figure out how last quarter is. So you're actually only finding out in three-month intervals 
And usually one month after with Albert Management System, you know, within about an hour, the end of Thursday at two, you got all your statistics in, you know exactly where you're at. You can assess your condition. You can look at the trends. You can look at the ranges and you can go, okay, now we can do something about it. Now, fast. He says, it's no wonder governments go broke and talk of budget deficits and corporations cackle proud as peacocks about how they only lost $30 million less than they lost last year this time. You hear this kind of rubbish all the time. How do we reduce the deficit? We know we're going to have a deficit. We know we're not going to, there's no way we could possibly have income greater than outgo. We're running a government, for goodness sakes. The best we can do is, of course, reduce the deficit. This is the kind of logic that's going on that if you've got that going on with a business, you're going to lose that business in no time. He goes on to say this. He says, no, thank you. 19th century, quote, business practice, end quote, will not do for us. You must know how you're doing right now, and you must know how you did this week compared to previous weeks. Only then can you take measures to correct or reinforce in order to improve or raise next week's production. Why 1,400 hours Thursday? Listen to this. Very interesting. He says, I instituted this in London in the 50s. Friday was too late for their advisory council to act on the just ended week's statistics and get the gears rolling for the new week as the weekend was right upon them. So if you end your week Friday at five o'clock, great, you ended your week, but when are you going to actually review the statistics? When are you going to do your planning? If you're closed over the weekend, you're not going to get to it until Monday when you're already well into the, now you've started your new week. You shouldn't be starting your new week by reviewing what happened in the past week. You want to review what happened in the past week at the end of that week. So if you end at Friday at 5, you're not going to have that opportunity unless you stay late into the evening, which is fine. That's what you want to do, end at 5. But now you understand the philosophy of why end at Thursday at 2, so that the executives can bring together all that information and uh, do their financial planning and take a look into the next week, like how are we going to line up for the next coming week? We ended at Thursday at 2. So now when we come in Monday, we're going to be running and gunning, right? So he says, by meeting on Thursday, they could put their plans into motion Friday and get started. 1,400 hours was the chosen cutoff period to enable them to meet that evening. So you end Thursday at 2, you do all your meetings on Thursday afternoon. Friday, you're lining up your coming week. And then Monday, you're, you're full steam ahead. And that is why you end your week Thursday at two. And it's first gradient, end your week. Just a week, you know, end your statistical period, your income period at the same time every week. And don't cheat on yourself because you're just, you're you're just camouflaging the hole there. You're just disguising the situation. And at the same time, but try it. If you, if you can, if you're doing great with your business, don't do this. Okay. Don't, don't, if you're ending your week at five and you're prospering and you're expanding I would not recommend doing this, but if you have nothing to lose, your you know stats are maybe an emergency and you need to change your operating basis or, you know, it's going fine, but not great. Yeah. Give Thursday at two, or if you're not ending your statistics weekly at all, then give this a try, you know, end Thursday at two, get all your executive meetings out of the way and all your planning all done on Thursday afternoon. Come Friday, you're lining up your next week and Monday you're cooking. You're already cooking and you have a dramatic you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, half a Thursday. Thursday's a panic almost always. 
Now, I don't know if that's the way it should be or it shouldn't be, but it, in my career, it's always been like that. Not always, but pretty much. Thursday mornings are intense as you wrap up your week. And then uh, start the whole process again right after two. So we'll wrap up this episode with the last few lines from this section of the uh, article. He says, that procedure worked then and for decades since. Been working, he's not going to change it. Only when an org goes out ethics and varies its stat-ending period from 1,400 hours Thursday, do they have trouble managing by stats and trends? And then all capital letters, you can always do something about a stat trend, but you have to know what it is. L. Ron Hubbard. All right, so uh, this is interesting. If you've listened to earlier episodes, you also know that it's uh, datum from Mr. Hubbard, control equals income. You can't control something that is so varied. Uh, if you vary the way that you're counting your income, if you're counting your income correct, incorrectly, how are you expected to control it? If you want better control of your income, uh, better control of your financial planning, start with any your week weekly, any your statistical period in your income period weekly, and then uh, making sure that uh, that time does not change. And um, try Thursday at 2. It works for a lot of organizations. It's, uh, it's the only time period that we've ever operated on here at WISE. And it's what we recommend. And now you have the philosophy behind why Thursday, why 2 o'clock. Okay. Anyway, I hope that was helpful for you. Thank you very much for listening. If you... Uh, learned something and you had a win, uh, please do give us a like, leave us your comments, write us at info at and we'll talk to you again next week.